Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I know what love is. I love you. You complete me. I may have never been kissed on Notting Hill, but I found a podcast to get the film. Maybe I'm clueless, but this is good as it gets. Paige, Mikey, and Todd serving the best of my best friend's wedding. Rom-coms, true love, and heavy petting. We be crying on the couch, but we're not forgetting. The most of these flicks are trash. We relive it again. All romance in the podcast. As you wish. I've been doing a lot of singing. The thing is, I love you. Looks like love at first sight to me. Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Paige made us watch The Princess, Princess Diaries. Diaries. Which should be The Princess Diary, because she only narrates one entry at the very end. Yes. So it should be The Princess's Solo Diary entry, the movie. Ex- except that it is based on <laughs> a book. And in the book, she writes many diary entries. It's it's like well, a thing. I'll pull a Petty Todd thing, and I that's not what I saw on screen. <laughs> it's not on the screen. <laughs> Honestly, Mikey, I stand by that action. That, that feels right to me. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I... I <laughs> Yeah. I like how we just heard Mikey have the internal struggle of if Todd is approving of something I'm doing, I should do something else. <laughs> I'm said, not doing something do right. I... I just heard that in your voice. How do I thwart <laughs> Todd? Yeah. So Paige, why did you pick it? Tell me what you love about it. So this is Royal Month, right? And I... Oh. <laughs> is it? I mean, it, informally. Uh, yeah, you started it by picking King Ralph and then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. King, King Ralph, the older version of this movie. But listen, I really do think Queen Elizabeth started it. Like, she's the one that went off and died. We just decided to honor her this True. way. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, honor, question mark. Uh, just the amount of movies that have been made about being royal, but not royal. Right. Yeah. It's basically that song by Laura. Right. I just want to know where Genovia stood in World War II. Oh, that's a good question that they address in the second film. <laughs> Wait, do they? <laughs> Oh wow. my God, yes. We've got to talk about the second film a little bit in this movie. I, I'll get into it in just a second. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I'm totally open to you talking about it. I don't care at all. Let's just do it. Yeah, it, it, it won't spoil it. Uh, so I had not seen this movie in easily 15 years. Oh, probably same. Yeah. But I was obsessed with it when it came out. I loved it. And I read the books. Now, the books... Oddly enough, if you were to make the book directly into a movie, we're talking almost a hard R. Really? Like Heather's level harshness. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I remember like seeing the movie and loving the movie and then reading the book and being like, holy shit. Like, like, (laughs) wow. Tell me about Genovia's stance on World War II. In the second movie, I believe they fight against Germany. Uh, alongside France. I mean, I think if you're making a fictional movie, you you have to go that route. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the way this goes, because I'm also looking at like the differences between the book and the movie, because it has been equally long since I read the book. And I remember the book being kind of harsh because it's like an 80s teen movie as opposed to this. Like this is a very Disney-fied version of like a high school movie yeah. where like, 
the book I remember was like, are people having sex or not? Or are like, and it was, it, there's like a ton of books in the series. I did not read all of them. And there's a lot of stuff like her dad's still alive in the books. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. He just has testicular cancer. So there's not going to be other heirs. Uh, the queen is a total <laughs> raging bitch in the books. Wait, really? Yes. And I like, like Mary Poppins. Well, so in watching this today, I had actually remembered her being meaner. And I think I'm remembering the book because like in this article that's comparing them. So I'm like jogging my memory for the queen in the movie. They have <laughs> Julie Andrews. And then, <laughs> and then for the <laughs> the queen, uh, like in the book, they have uh, the mom from Arrested Development. I don't know why her name is escaping me at the, at the moment, but yeah, like that. But that's accurate. So you're like a big fan of this content. I was as a teenager. I will say some things hold up better than others over time. I think the Disneyfication of the bullying at her high school is very strange. Oh, like as an adult watching this back. It's very funny, though. I don't know. Like, yes. It made me laugh. I watched this right after Saved was on TV last night, which I don't know if either of oh, you have Saved seen. Saved is an amazing movie. And it's Mandy Moore again with like, I am filled with Christ's love. And I was just like, she played this character for like 10 years. Yes, she did. And she plays it here, too. She plays it here, too. And she's very clearly like this is when she was still a pop star yeah and so mm -hmm. they like had to have a song and it was like a whole thing there are some things that i think really still hold up about this movie like even through the makeover which is not great because they are pretty critical of her appearance but they really don't change her as much as you would think. They basically just teach her how to deal with her hair. Yeah, yeah. they just like straighten her hair and like <laughs> give her contacts it. or whatever. And this is how you do makeup. Yeah. 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 And I did not remember how clearly the film telegraphs that Michael is into her before the makeover. And the movie definitely does. It does. Yeah. He pretty much is like, I'm super into her. The whole time, yeah. which was a thing in the book, because they do date for a while in the book and then break up. But book aside, the second movie completely deviates from any association with the book. The <laughs> second movie is definitely more of a rom-com than this movie is. Oh, this movie is if you combined Angus and King Ralph. Yes. You know, and then it just like spit out in high school like that is what it would be. I do think it's like a female Angus. Yeah. I really liked it. It seemed very sweet and very cute. It just yeah. seemed very yes. young for this podcast. You know, but I think we got to get there to get to this Chris Pine fucking, you know what I'm saying? We do, because that's what I kept thinking about. OK, so like because <laughs> so this this one, there is still definitely a love story. There's the whole thing with Eric Von Denton, but also Short King, Michael Moskowitz. Uh, absolutely. It is there. <laughs> there is still a love story in this movie. Right. It's just more like Angus, where it's like right. baked into a coming of age sort of story. It's like the B or C plot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would I would say, though, there's a lot more of it in this than there is in Angus. Does that make sense? I don't think so. He only hangs out with that girl twice in Angus. In this, there's yeah, multiple. Yeah, I think she might be right, Mikey. Uh, there's only three scenes, maybe, with Michael in the film. No, she's 
he's got multiple like where he's like looking at her at the car. He asks her out. They do the ride where he like sees her right after the makeover. She has to do the whole apology thing. Then he comes to the dance. I'm not prepared to argue this point, but I would like to see minutes on film compared to the two films. I don't think I can pull that information up and I don't feel. I think it would be difficult, but I think I would win that one. Just barely, though. I'll concede based on laziness alone where I don't think if I would win and I don't feel like doing the work and I don't feel like it's worth it. Mikey, that's a lot of great growth for you right there. Like That is really, that's a lot of growth. The second one that we have to watch this to get to. The second one does not make sense without this one. I will spoil some of it for you because it's probably going to be a while until we can watch it and there's no way you're going to remember what I told you. Within the first like five seconds of the movie, they're basically like, Michael's on tour with his band. <laughs> Just like, and that's why they can't be together anymore. He's like dead. they break them up. <laughs> he has a debilitating <laughs> heroin habit now with his band. But the whole plot of the second movie is that Mia has turned 21 so she can actually take over as queen, but she has to marry somebody. Like she still rules, but she has to be married. Some weird law. So she has to marry somebody within 30 days. And so she has like this one suitor that they've kind of picked out for her that's like a duke or something. And he's super sweet, very cool, was one of the guys on the tutors, whatever. And then there's like a distant cousin that is vying for the throne from like a different bloodline. And that's Chris Pine. And so they're trying to like use Chris Pine to trick her into not marrying that other guy so that she misses the deadline and then he takes over the throne. But he ends up having to like give up his claim to the throne so he can marry her because he falls in love with her. It's like, but that's essentially they are distantly related that the movie just does not talk about that much um but that's the whole second movie well i mean if you're like fourth or fifth cousins i don't care yeah and it's implied that it's that far away give or take uh it doesn't go into it too much they're just like murky (laughs) just avoid it um but it's basically who is she gonna marry so it's very much more a rom-com for the second movie than for this one. That's fair. I mean, but I did enjoy this one. I think it's sweet. I did. It did hold up a lot better than I thought. Yeah, I think so too. There, but I think there are some stuff that didn't age great, but I think most of this ages yes. as gracefully as Julie Andrews has. And it's great. Oh. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I like that Joe. I'm team Joe, bro. Team Joe. And he <laughs> and the queen do stay together. Oh, really? Yes. I am happy to report that he and the queen stay together. Ooh, I like that Paige is bringing the, hot goss all the way from Genovia. <laughs> Genovia. Also, her mom marries that high school teacher and they have another kid. Hell yeah. So like they have a baby that's in the second. Can we talk about the mom owning conservatively a $4 million home in San Francisco? Let's do that. Well, now I, I also need you to remember when this takes place. It's 2001. Yes. So this is actually in the middle of the fucking recession. So like we because I lived in the Bay Area at the time we lived in in the suburbs. My parents bought a house that year just before 9-11. Where was Genovia on (laughs) 9-11? Where were they? They were probably at the Genovian consulate in San Francisco, apparently. Trying to argue how important pears are. It's not even people's (laughs) top 10 favorite fruit. (laughs) Actually, okay, a friend, one of my friends, like two Christmases ago, sent me a basket of really nice pears. And I was like, I don't know why she chose to do this. But then we tried the pears and it was like the most delicious thing on earth. And I was like, 
I don't even like pears, but I would eat infinity number of these pears. <laughs> There's a big chasm between good and bad pears. I absolutely couldn't gun to my head right now, name 10 fruits to put pears at the end of. Like, I would not be able to give you a list. I could. Anyway, so 2001, 9-11 happens, the economy tanks, and my parents were actually upside down on their house for a while. So, like, the Bay Area real estate we have now is not the case back then. Now, granted, was it still more expensive than most of the entire country? Yes, absolutely. And... If we look at what that would cost right now. A firehouse in in San Francisco. I'm Mm -hmm. pulling it up because San Francisco actually has a a handful of these. Uh, Let's see. Five point seven million dollars. That's honestly cheaper than I expected, Paige. And, And now granted, that is current. So like that's what it costs now. And this one's been completely redone. Like theirs is barely a house. Yeah. Like. They have basically just moved into a firehouse. This one that's at 5.7 million has been completely converted into like a house house. Yeah. I think you guys are missing the obvious reason they live there. And that's, you know, when she came back from Genovia, she started up a franchise of Ghostbusters and they sort of funded the (laughs) building. But then, as you know, in Ghostbusters 2, they solved the ghost crisis. So, you know, she just stopped being a Ghostbuster and kept the place. That's obviously what happened. That makes sense. I thought Mikey would enjoy that way more than he did. Well, as you guys know, I'm not a fan of the female Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> Worst take. I actually did like it, but whatever. I, I don't have an opinion because I still haven't seen it because I just don't care about Ghostbusters that much. I will say that I wish people would just make more movies with women than just remaking movies that had men in them with women because I feel like... You don't like Ocean's 8? No, I don't. They can't even get 11? <laughs> You get 75% of Ocean's Eleven. (laughs) How's that for the best metaphor for the gender pay gap right there? (laughs) But here's the thing. I feel like those movies sometimes are just a way for them to be like, see, we gave you something instead of investing in actual women's stories. Paige, you are going to hate next summer when Janet Bourne comes out. (laughs) Actually, wait, wait, who's starring as Janet Bourne? Because I might be into it. I don't know. Jesus Christ. It's Janet Bourne. <laughs> Although I did, I did like in the most recent Bond that we briefly had a female 007 and she kicked major ass. Yeah. But that was like a feature within the story. It wasn't just a like, here you go. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this this movie, I enjoyed a lot at the time. I still enjoy now. It's very cute. It's very young. I can't wait till we see the second one, which is not a better movie. It is just a crazier movie. <laughs> well, that's what I wanted. <laughs> well, that in my book makes it better yeah chris pine is in it oh yeah like i love chris pine i mean and he is at his cocky sassy best in that movie it's one of his first films it's really this is anne hathaway's first movie oh really how old is anne hathaway in this she's probably 19 20 21 in in real life when she's filming this i think so because i think she auditioned at 18 okay so by the time they made the movie i think she was like 19 20 yeah and i think after this and the next one she went on her like i'm an adult tour and yes did, and did those like three racy films and yeah then, uh, mm-hmm. and they i've seen a couple of those because really? one of them has the guy from planet terror in it and it is dark i hear that guy never misses never misses well there's that one there's that one the one with jake gyllenhaal that love and other drugs which we should probably oh, do on this podcast right. she she does some wild shit after this 
But yeah. And the second one is a while after this, though. So like she had actually. So maybe she did it between them. I think she did it between them. Yeah. But then she like hit Dark Knight and was just like, yeah, fucking I'm famous. Yeah. Anyway, personal fun fact. So uh, the guy who plays Michael in this movie, Jason Schwartzman's younger brother, Robert, is the front man of an actual band. They use their music in the movie. I have seen them live because they came to my college campus. Oh, cool. And played. So I have pictures of me with him backstage from when they were like at my college. And honestly, fucking great live. The album that they they use in this movie is awesome. I still listen to it all the time. It's just like a pretty fucking good rock album. But many of the songs were too racy for them to use in the movie. So they only use like two or three of their songs. But highly recommend that first Rooney album. It is really good. Paige, how big of a crush did you have on the magician character? (laughs) Zero. No, I had a crush on Michael who like in watching... In watching back, I did not realize that he was that much of like a short king in this movie. I always pictured, I don't know, I pictured him being a more imposing presence, but he's kind of like a short, more diminutive guy, I guess. He was my favorite in this movie until I saw Chris Pine and I was like, Michael who? What? (laughs) So you did what all of America did is what you're saying. Oh, absolutely. Well, he also, he didn't really do anything after this movie wise. He didn't continue to act really at all. Oh, poor Michael. Yeah, I mean, it probably is something he just didn't love doing and wanted to do the music stuff, which I completely get. Or maybe his silly, stupid ass sideburns made him not ever get a job again. (laughs) Mikey, you've never sounded more like a boomer than just then. (laughs) I'm not a boomer. I was in that. I know. I just. Movies from 2001. I would have bullied him then. I know. You just sounded like that because you were like, you and your stupid sideburns. You Why even grow out sideburns like that if you're growing out the bowl like... So this is what he looks like more recently. He looks the same, but with stubble. Yeah. Like that, that, is the, that is the same man. Yeah. He has the same disease I have where you just don't age. Yeah. Oh, uh, isn't that terrible, Mikey? <laughs> to never age. Oh, it's my curse. I was going to see if you wanted to watch one of the music videos, but we, we don't. We should get in the movie. No, absolutely <laughs> do not. Are <laughs> you, you going to not trust me like you didn't trust me about Bubba Sparks? Do you think I would lie to you? And Clearly, listen, Paige, I was right about Bubba Sparks. His skepticism on Bubba Sparks was heavy. And I, <laughs> I will say, literally the next day, I apologized and was like, Miss New Booty <laughs> does slap. Like, we had that conversation in our text thread. I was like, I've learned my lesson. And you know what? He's got a voice like Silk for some reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's get into the movie so we can talk about it scene by scene, though. Yes. We open on the city of San Francisco as we watch a royal kind of procession drive through the city. Clearly some sort of diplomat. We don't know who it is yet. We push in close on a window with a sign that says Mia and Fat Louis keep out. And we cut inside where Mia is hanging out with her cat, Fat Louis. I love their relationship. I think they're still together. Love it. <laughs> I do love Mia Fat and Louie. Fat Louie yeah. forever. <laughs> I love that she named her cat after like a French king from like a thousand years ago. That's very funny to me. I also I wondered if if it had always been Fat Louie or if it was just Louie. And yeah. then as he got older, she was like, that's Fat Louie. Yeah, we have a cat like that, but I don't want to say Fat Biscuit in the house. And sometimes when I tease him, Natalie gets mad at me. She's like, don't 
body shame our kitty. He doesn't speak English. He doesn't. Sometimes McCready has like a little primordial pouch like some cats do. Yeah. And sometimes I, I pet it and I'm like, I've got your chubs. Todd, <laughs> what's the point of having seven pets if you can't bully them? Yeah, you got to be able to bully your pets. <laughs> I don't think that's part of pet ownership, or at least not good pet ownership. Then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> doing it wrong. <laughs> because I can't tell you, sometimes I like pet my cat's ears and, and pull them back so his eyes look weird. And he just like licks at my nose. And I'm like, man, I love you, but you are stupid. <laughs> but I love you so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do have those moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when like Peaches pees on the floor. But like, you know, it's fine. McCready is very scared of backpacks. We don't know why. Probably because he's a child and has to go to school every day. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're not people. Well, you know what? If he doesn't keep his grades up, he won't be able to go to cat college. And we have been saving all this podcast money. <laughs> to send him there. Well, you're going to have to send him to cat trade school. Cat community college. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Anyway. Mia descends the spiral staircase into the coolest bedroom ever. This this whole like it is a soundstage. It's a set. It's not a real building. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, is very, very cool. And it's one of those things where I was like, I wish we could have a restored firehouse. And I'm just like, Paige, this is not real. OK, hot take about Princess Diaries. It's definitely written in Fifty Shades of Grey style where it's like the fever dream of like an, an eighth grader. Like, yes, yeah. absolutely. This is exactly what I want to happen. The author has talked about how she kind of started some of the like writing of this when she was a teenager, like kind of the germ of the idea in her head. And part of it was because after her dad died, her mom dated one of her teachers and it was kind of this escapism idea of what if my parents were actually royals and not these people. Right. And so that's kind of so even the books have kind of a teenage fever dream feel to them a little bit. So she goes down the pole because it is a firehouse. Right. And, you know, at least she might come out of this with a trade. <laughs> oh, no. Ah. Sorry, I'm just, you know, when you when you can practice at home, the princess of pole Genovia. She would make bank. She definitely would. You don't know, Mikey, but Genovia's biggest export is OnlyFans. Oh, (laughs) anyway, we find out that she has a speech at school that day and she's very, very nervous about it. Yes. She takes out the trash, accidentally hits the cans of her neighbor, Mr. Robitussin, who is an out of work screenwriter and is one of my new favorite characters in the film. Like as a child, his jokes went completely over my head as a child. And as an adult, he is fucking hilarious. I will tell you, I saw this probably 15, 20 years ago and haven't seen it since. Right. And I remembered this character, but I only remembered him being the neighbor and the Joe pulling him close and saying two minutes ago, she went that way and then that, that way, way and then that right? way. That's yeah. all I remembered. But now he is like a standout character for me as he like narrates sort of his life. But like it's a film noir a weird style movie. soap like, opera version of it. It's so funny. I to love me. it so much. Yeah. So she meets up with Lily. They ride their scooters to school. Uh, this is the first place once they get to school where we see Lana, Anna, and Fontana, which, by the way, in the book, it's just Lana. It's just one girl. And they end up being friends later on. Oh, really? Because, yeah, the, the book is a lot more nuanced with the kids at school. Like, yeah. A, she, Mia has a ton of friends, like a whole group of friends. And Lana goes from being kind of this, like, popular girl but she does get kind of like jilted by the popular guy and it's this very like hey popular girls are people too and they kind of 
have a weird bond over time. Um, in part because we see all four years of Mia's high school in the books, which I also think is weird that it's like, you're royal, but you still have to go to high school. <laughs> wah, wah. But well, Does she do that in the second one? Because I don't think she does. Like she graduates the 10th grade or whatever. Then she moves to Genovia to do princess shit, which I'd imagine she'll have tutors and stuff, but she's not going back to fucking Sandra O's high school. <laughs> it's implied in the books, if I remember correctly, that she goes back and forth. So she like spends some time in Genovia and then goes home to go to high school. Is Genovia just too small to have a high school like or like tutors? No, she doesn't. She wants to graduate with her friends who yes. would bully her. Yes. Yeah. She chooses. And, and the bullies are not as cartoonish as they are in this movie, but they're like, they're or more they killed a kid. realistic. Yeah, they almost <laughs> kill a kid. Uh, so she, like, it's Lord like her choice. Like she, she like argues with her grandma to do it. And then the next movie is literally six years in the future. Yeah, yeah. So she's out of school at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this is also where we see uh, Josh Bryant, the heartthrob of the school, played by Eric Von Detten of Brink fame. Eric Von Hooden of what fame? <laughs> Disney at the time because this is a disney movie uh disney channel had a huge amount of like teen original movies like halloween town mm -hmm, and johnny mm -hmm. tsunami okay xenon girl of the 21st century one of them was brink and it's a movie about competitive urban course rollerblading and he was the star of it and so he was like a teen heartthrob on disney channel at the time okay and like that's why he's in this movie. That's the whole reason. Because he was uber famous at the time. I wonder what he looks like now. Uh, similar, honestly. Anyway, that's why he's in this movie. Uh, and then we also meet the principal, Sandra O, oh, Miss Gupta. And I yeah. do love that she says, good morning, Lily. And Lily's friend. Yeah. <laughs> but she just has no clue who Mia is at an admittedly very small school. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but that does like play to her mantra of that she's invisible right she's invisible yeah now in the book she's not as invisible she's just not popular it's sure. like you know whatever this movie definitely plays up the like she is invisible and i think they do it for the end when she says to michael you saw me when i was invisible yes yeah even when your hair was in a ponytail and you had <laughs> yeah. paint on your overall you saw me when i had curly hair <laughs> <laughs> and glasses and glasses. Oh, truly, it's the ugliest timeline. So ugly. And he's like more involved in the book where they're like closer friends and you see him a lot more and they date for a while and yeah. sleep together, I think, if I remember correctly. So it's like a whole thing. But yeah, I kind of wanted more of him in this movie a little bit, but also watching it now, his performance is not great. Like it's okay, you know? But yeah. I mean, it makes sense for somebody who didn't really go on to act much after that. Yeah, it's fine. And clearly, I think, didn't want to. Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, it's fine. I think they picked him because he was in a band. Like, I, th I think that's what happened. Yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised if there was like a moment where you see the band play and they wanted the band to be not terrible. So they picked someone who was in a band. They do. And, and it's his band in oh, the shit, movie. They actually do play. That's right. It's so forgettable. Yeah. Uh, wow. okay, <laughs> that's because they only play the intro to the song. They don't play any of the rest of the song. It's wild. So somebody sits on Mia because they don't see her again invisible. <laughs> when she brings it up to somebody, she's like, somebody sat on me again. Again. <laughs> There's a couple. I kind of wish they'd done this more in the movie. There's a couple cutaways to like her fantasies 
that are always really funny and placed really well. And they only do it a couple times. But this is one of them where she's talking to Lily and watching the popular guy and Mandy Moore making out. And then she fantasizes about him, like practically slamming her into a locker and making out with her. Oh, yeah. And I love it. It's hilarious. It's great. I like the other one they do later when she's talking about the leg pop. And it's like the gum is holding it down. Yeah. It's very funny. <laughs> Ooh, the leg pop comes back in the second movie. It's a big old deal. Uh, okay. Because right, he cool. pops those legs right over his shoulder, ladies. Uh, it's, it's because she she he like tricks her into kissing him. And I don't remember how. I'm going to have to rewatch it. And her foot pops for him, but not for the guy that they've set her up with. It's uh, like, do ladies' foots pop? Yes. Sometimes. Are you not making ladies' feet pop? I close my eyes when I kiss them, Todd. Well, you should be bending down to feel where their feet are. In the no, guys. <laughs> All you do is when you kiss them, you can close your eyes. That's fine. Just listen for like the, the pop sound that you would hear like the in like, microwave when you make a popcorn. It yeah. sounds like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I just date women with bad knees. And when the popping <laughs> stops, then you take her clothes off because she's ready on the inside. Okay. You know, I'm just, these are the popcorn rules. I don't know if I've foot popped. I don't remember. I've definitely foot popped as a joke. I've done that uh, multiple times. <laughs> I remember that I, I used to think about it a lot as a teen, as, as an adult who kisses frequently. Yeah, Paige, he does it as a joke because there's like five other people on his dates who are able to see that from outside the kiss. <laughs> yeah, it's very performative, but my friends who go on our dates with Natalie and I, they enjoy it. I didn't. I don't like it. <laughs> Man, he kisses interestingly. <laughs> like, did you see that he popped his foot? Like, what's happening? God, I wish that was why she said that. Why did she say that? <laughs> I don't know, Mikey, but I don't love it. You, you <laughs> Is it because you had your eyes open the whole time like this? Okay. As a joke, I have bug-eyed somebody before. <laughs> like, do you think maybe you're making too many jokes during your making out time? Yeah, it's called a fear of intimacy, Mikey. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did you grab her head on both sides and squeeze it like a melon? I squeezed her melons on both sides. <laughs> Zing. And I didn't do it as a joke, Todd. I was serious. I was serious yeah. about those melons. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to check you for lumps. Thank you. Yeah. Early identification really helps. Yeah. Identified them as hot. Anyway, (laughs) uh, they go into debate class and they're debating casual dress Friday. And she has the opposition, which is going to lose no matter what. Like, there is no winning. No. But she's also like going up against uh, Eric Von Denton, dude. What's his name? Josh Bryant or whatever. Right. And he is like. The hunky Backstreet Boy looking motherfucker. And he like delivers, I think, a convincing argument of why you should be allowed to wear whatever you want on Friday or whatever. And then he sits down and she has to come up and like be the nerd who's like, no, uniforms are better because it unifies all of us or whatever her argument (laughs) was. They're an equalizer. That's what it was. Yes. Which here's the thing. Not Not the worst argument. Not untrue. Uh, but I wore uniforms for quite a long time and they do not make them in all sizes. So yeah. it means that if you are a person of size, it will never be an equalizer for you because they do not provide for you uh, in part because they make jumpers for children. But if you're like an 11 year old with B cups, there's no hope for you. You're just like, <laughs> ah, fuck. I'm just strapped into this thing and uncomfortable all the time. Well, I'm sorry that that was your experience. I never went to private school, so I was able to wear pretty much whatever I wanted. I hit on a girl in private school when I was in high school once. Yeah? 
at the Renaissance Fair. Nice. Was she wearing like a uniform Renaissance costume? You got to shoot your shot when you... I was some public school scrub and I was like, hey girl, hey. Ever dated the other side of the tracks? (laughs) the only thing we could change about our uniform like you could wear whatever shoes that you wanted nice and okay so my mom bought me my first pair of doc martens we got them at nordstrom rack on deep discount and they were red with like blue fish on them and they were hell yeah hideous and i loved them to death uh, and my mom worked at our school. That's how they paid for us to go to school is because mom worked there. And people would come up to her and be like, why are you letting her wear those? <laughs> and my mom would just be like, that's what she wanted to wear. That yeah. is, she likes them. And therefore, they stay on her feet. And I have had a Doc Martin obsession ever since that day. Love it. Much like Mia, who wears Docs through the, almost this entire movie. Yeah. So... She gets nervous. She runs out of the classroom to throw up. We cut to her after school job at a rock climbing gym. I think her mom owns it. Like, it seems like she works there as well. Like, I don't understand it. Uh, Her mom just came in to climb with her. Oh, but she's like behind the counter with her. No, no, no. They're on the other side. She was checking somebody. Yeah, it's it's a weird. Okay. I only know because of the books that like that's her part time. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. And like, I prefer that reading of it because I like thinking of her mom as like just like this eclectic artist that is like successful and makes enough money, you know? Yeah. Uh, Well, and, and there's this whole thing of like her mom has like a whole gallery show thing like there's a whole bunch of stuff but in the books they're not rich but they are also getting money from genovia it's like a yeah she's in private school well her dad's paying for school and they do mention that in the movie too yeah they're getting some money to subsist with her mom as an artist or whatever because like that wouldn't surprise me like she's a princess guys like whether she knows it or not at this point, she still is one. Yeah. And the grandmother seems somewhat interested in her, you know, at least well-being. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I remember in the books that like they they do have like money concerns, though, in the books where she's oh, always they? they're always. Yeah. She's like, do two people need a 3000 square foot apartment in a house in San Francisco? If I remember correctly, <laughs> they don't live in a firehouse in the book. It's it's like an apartment above a Chinese restaurant in the book okay in chinatown so it's like a whole kind of a different vibe and i think they did this to have it just be more cool look cooler on video i don't know anyway I'll probably cut this but it was probably to whitewash it a little bit oh they whitewash all of her friend group too to be honest with you yeah that doesn't surprise me although i haven't read the books so i don't know but no in the books her friend group is really diverse and there's literally hardly a person of color in this film yeah this is a time that like that was super common unfortunately yeah yeah. No, that that's definitely the case here, too. Yeah. Anyway, her mom meets up with her at rock climbing. And this is where we find out that the mom's going to go talk to her teacher and just be like, hey, sorry, she barked. <laughs> but what she did do was, you know. Yeah. Oh, Mia wasn't the only one gagging. You know yeah. I mean? You know what I'm saying? For those of you who couldn't see what Mikey did, he just like mimed a blowjob. <laughs> she ends up dating him. I'm just saying Mia's not the only one who choked. <laughs> Mia got an A because her mom took that D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Paige is up taking a victory lap around a room. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I feel bad about that. You shouldn't feel bad, Paige. You should feel oh, proud. That man. was a great joke. Thank I loved you. it. Anyway, this is where she also was like, hey, your grandmother called. And I do love the look on Mia's face where she's like, what? And then she's like, 
your oh your alive grandma <laughs> yeah <laughs> i do sort of think the mom is the kind of person that might be into contacting dead spirits but that's not the, what she's talking about right now honestly i do get that vibe yeah i feel like if this were true to the vibe that her mom gives off there'd be a lot more crystals around that house yes i got a very crystally whatever the pyramid was that the lady got Orgone had, pyramids yeah Orgone Orgone pyramid blasters. yeah 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 that's what I, that was the vibe i got yeah 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 or just like light buddhism yeah 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 that's fine like white lady appropriative buddhism my favorite sub religion <laughs> i too have gone to <laughs> yoga yeah <laughs> namaste queen yeah exactly exactly so she clarifies her live grandmother she wants her to go to tea and so mia's like okay fine i'll i'll go i would honestly say no to that tea is gross oh i love tea but i i'm very picky about the kinds of tea i've never drank tea that didn't taste like i took a cup to a ditch in the rain and like scooped up water and was like drinking that. I like a good hot tea when I have like a sore throat and stuff. I think yeah. you're drinking the wrong flavor of tea because there are many. Like the last yeah, time yeah, yeah. I went for high tea, we had a peach tea and it was like real good. And then they had one that tasted like gingerbread cookies. It was really good. Okay. Anyway, so we cut to they're in like a music class and we do see Michael at the piano kind of. This is the first time we see him. We haven't been introduced to him yet, but we do see him kind of eyeing Mia as he's like playing. Um, and this is where Lily is asking her to join her spotted owl petition. And yeah. she can't because she has to go for tea. Yeah. So we cut to the Genovian embassy for tea and she goes to ring the doorbell and they're like, school tours are on Saturday. Cause like, <laughs> even they don't believe she's a princess. They're yeah. just like, who's this bitch? But they let her in, and this is the first of many times that we hear the recording about getting off the grass. Yes. And I do think it's it's a pretty so funny, funny joke thing. that comes yeah. back. The only other thing that is funnier to me that's kind of in the same vein in this movie is the school announcements. Did you pay attention to any of the school announcements? I don't no. remember them. I completely missed them originally when watching this movie. As an adult watching it now... There are some really fucking funny school announcements that are just playing in the background of this movie that somebody somewhere when they were doing punch up was like, <laughs> and then like <laughs> are lost on like 90% of the people watching it. Anyway, she arrives for tea and they like pat her down. She meets her grandmother. And this is where she's like, oh, by the way, you're royal. Like my right. son was a prince. You're a princess. And she has what I believe to be a completely appropriate reaction yeah. of just like, how dare you lie to me my whole life? Like yeah. immediately, that's what she goes to yeah. and runs home. They kind of chase after her. Uh, so we, she comes down the next, like either a couple hours later or the next morning, not sure, but it's her mom and Julie Andrews who want to talk to her. And she very, I would say, honestly says to them, like, neither one of you are my family because you ignored me for years and you lied to me for years. Yeah. So we're not family. Yeah. Fat Tony's my only family now. Fat Louie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Her cat is named after a French king, not like a mob boss. <laughs> honestly, though, a cat mob boss, especially a tuxedo cat like that, that would be hilarious. Like, And then call it Fat Tony. I'm here for it. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I I dig that. Like if I ever adopted a fat cat, I would name it Fat Tony. <laughs> so they basically tell her like, we tried to keep our distance so you can have a normal childhood. But when your father died, things kind of changed. Yeah. I guess the plan was that her father would get remarried and have more children. And then those would be the heirs and they could kind of bypass her. She could abdicate, do whatever. Yeah. She wouldn't have to deal with it. At least give her the option, right? To where it would stay in the family. Because I do, I don't know that Anne Hathaway knows or not, but if she turns it down, it's going to turn over to another family. Right. Which the Baron and Baroness von Trolken, Trolken, it's complicated, but yes, them. And then in the second movie, Chris Pine's, family and his dad is played by john rice davies you know what john rice davies was in mikey indiana jones yeah he was sala he gave the the dates yes and sliders (laughs) anyway in the books because her dad has testicular cancer he doesn't have any more heirs in the movie it's implied i think that her dad never stopped loving her mom. It is. And yeah. that's why he never remarried. And that's kind of what happened. And then he dies in an accident that is never described. Um. Anyway, because her dad is dead, she is now the heir. And they have to basically produce an heir so that when the queen gets old enough, like they have someone to pass it to. Yeah. Because she can only remain queen as long as there's an heir that she's like training to take her place because she's royal by marriage, not by blood. And that's okay. a key difference. Okay. She does make that distinction. Okay. I didn't realize that that would be like the outcome of that in, I guess, the second movie. That's like a plot point. It is a plot point because okay. so the second movie, Mia's turning 21, which means that she can take over because she's royal by blood. So they've basically allowed the queen to kind of rule with along with Mia the whole time. Does that make okay. sense? Like yeah. for those like six years. And then she would then become queen, get married, etc., whatever. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's why. That makes sense. Anyway, so they come to a consensus that Mia will go to the ball and will decide at that point whether or not she is going to be a princess or not. But like that she gets to decide, like it's her choice. I'd do it. Yeah. Being a princess is good work if you can get it. If you can get it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if I would do it. Why do you hate your country, Paige? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why do you hate Genovia so much, Paige? Yeah. I'm just not a big fan of pears. <laughs> Actually, that that's not true. I mean, we, we David... have evidence to prove otherwise in this podcast episode. Mm-hmm. The Harry and David windswept pears. Oh. But those aren't from Genovia, so fuck <laughs> it. Actually, no. If, my, if I get to marry Chris Pine, I'll be royal. I mean, worse things could happen, right? I'll make that deal. Anyway, so... She goes outside because they're going to give her the limo to go to school. And as the li- the limos pull away, this is where we get the shot of her neighbor who's like, I've never ridden in a limo, he said as he crossed to the window. <laughs> and he like starts trailing off and then it's just like, I can't believe I won an Emmy as he's like writing this all down on a legal pad. It's, it's so funny. Yeah, I love him. He's so great. Yep. Oh, and also the elegant European woman didn't stay for tea, but the promise of tomorrow hung in the air. (laughs) (laughs) He honestly is not a bad writer. I was into it. Yeah. We cut to inside the limo where Mia is playing with the partition. And this is our first kind of meeting of Joe, the head of the Queen's security who will kind of become Mia's shadow through like most of the movie. And honestly, I think biggest champion, like I love him and his like relationship to Mia in this movie is so like good natured and super sweet. 
I loved it. It's supposed to mirror his relationship in a pretty woman in pretty woman. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be kind of the same character. Okay. So anyway, she pulls up to pick up Lily and I, I do love that Lily just looks at Joe and says, you look like Shaft. And he just goes, yes. And he gets <laughs> back into the limo. Anyway, they have him drop them off about a block away from school. They walk up to school. And this is one of the first places we get the PA system at school that just says virtual homework cannot be turned in for actual credit. <laughs> but the mean girls, Lana, Anna, and Fontana, ask Mia if she's going to be speaking at the bulimic convention so she can speak and barf at the same time, which is a cruel joke on many levels. Yeah. And just not great. They're terrible people. Yeah. Yeah. It would be more of a support group, really, than a convention. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also, we shouldn't make fun of eating disorders because it's a disorder. It's bad. Yeah. And it takes a lot of healing and work and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we cut to P.E. where she's trying to play slow pitch softball and is terrible and ends up hitting the teacher on the head with the ball. Oh, man. I laughed at that more than I should have because it made me laugh. Okay. We got to talk about the concept of failing someone for not being able to play baseball, row. Oh, yeah. Oh, I almost failed P.E. in, <laughs> in school. Absolutely. Really? Yes, dude. Ours did not have a physical activity component of the grade. Yeah, it wasn't like you had to run a mile in seven minutes yeah. or whatever. Like It wasn't like a, you have to do this or you fail. We had to take a written test. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, mine mine was pass or fail. If you could not like run a mile in a certain amount of time, if you couldn't do certain physical aspects of it, which I find to be incredibly discriminatory. Yeah, that's crazy bad. Yeah. Well, they can't do that in public school, Pay. Well, and, and to be honest with you, I don't even know if they still do it in private school. <laughs> like, I just know that at my time, it's like, this is what it was like. I literally had a written exam on, like, the rules of volleyball, and I was like, yeah. okay. We did have those also, but then you were also required to play. So, like, if you did not participate or play, that counted against you, but then there were also, oh, like... You could walk laps if you didn't want to play the games. Oh, that yeah, I was not allowed to. I had to play the games. Yeah. And so I had to bust my ass for like a B in PE so that I did not lose my entrance to college because I had to take two classes and I wanted to go to a UC, which meant that I had to get above a C plus in PE no matter what. <laughs> and I hated it. Thankfully, my sophomore year, my PE teacher was pretty cool and was just like, yeah, just just try a little bit and you're cool. Yeah. <laughs> but like, oh man, it was the bane of my existence. I hated it so much. Anyway, I empathize <laughs> with Mia a lot in these. Yeah. I mean, the way this resolves to me was very funny though. Like what happens yeah. when she actually like passes the class. But yeah, it is a little ridiculous that like when she's sliding into home, the gym teacher comes up and goes, you get an A. Like it feels very silly to me. Paige, did you try straightening your hair before you played sports? Oh, no, let's fucking talk about hair straightening in this time period. Okay, I have very curly hair, much like Mia's. Um, as I have gotten older, the texture of your hair changes a little bit. But also, at this time, we did not know what to do with curly hair for the most part. Right. Like, there were not a lot of products on the market for it. One of the big ones at the time was this thing, stuff called like BioSilk, and it was basically just pure sunflower oil. And so it would, <laughs> okay. it would make your hair slightly smooth, but also greasy. 
Oh. And at the time, we didn't know that you shouldn't wash your hair every day. So, like, yeah. if you have dry, curly hair. I wash my hair every day. You're not supposed to. But also, I mean, it, it doesn't make as much of a difference for you as it does for like me. So I have very dry, coarse, curly hair. So if I wash my hair every day, it gets curlier and drier, but it, it gets unmanageable. So like my yeah. hair appointments back in the day would be like three, four hours just to like Jesus. get through my hair. And it was because I was washing every day. Like everyone did. We all thought that's what you should do. And it wasn't until I got to like a little bit after college and like halfway through college that a hairstylist was like, you got to stop washing your hair so damn much. Yeah. But essentially your hair would be like straight, but still big. Yeah. <laughs> so it would be like a weird triangle of like, technically that's straight, but it was just thick and bushy. It's very strange. Uh, very clearly in this movie, she has straight hair that they have curled and added a wig and everything too. Yeah. Fun fact, Paige, I used to flat iron my hair when I was in the bands because my hair wasn't curly. It was wavy, yeah. though. So it would actually do well with my hair because it wasn't curly. You know, it was just a little extra wave. Right. So it knocked that out pretty easily and it looked great. Yeah. I have some bad pictures of me at the time that just like just anything to try and get it straight. And it was just not happening. Yeah, it was bad. So she and Lily go home from school and she's kind of talking about how like her dad used to send her gifts and she's still kind of sad about it. And it's like a whole thing, but she wants to stop by the garage to see her car that Michael's been working on. So they go to see the car and Michael has M&Ms on the keys of his keyboard, yes. which I think they do to connect it to the, the sorry at the end. <laughs> I mean, it's going to make it hard to play. Sometimes yeah. you, it, you know, you drop, you drop M&Ms on places. Oh, I thought they were placed there. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get the yeah. he dropped them there vibe. No, I know. I know. But like some Michaels, they drop M&Ms places. They go. accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> if we ever lose Mikey at like a meetup or a live show, we're just going to follow the trail of M&Ms. It's like a Hansel and Gretel type thing. <laughs> <laughs> what flavor of M&M though, Mikey? Oh, well, I wish they came in a variety pack where they mix all the flavors together because I think that would be a fucking fire. That is a great idea. I love that idea. I like all of their flavors. I like the one with the coffee bean. I like peanut butter. I like peanut. I like the rice one. Yeah. Uh, pretzel. Yeah, pretzel's really good. Yeah. Peanut M&M is probably my favorite. That's my go-to. Peanut or peanut butter. Either one. Mm -hmm. So this is where we see Michael's band and they, they are literally just playing the intro to a song yeah. and they just loop it a couple, which is pretty great. But that is his actual band. And this is where she sees her car and finds out it's going to be 400 bucks to get it running. And the mechanic is like, yeah, sorry, but like it is what it is. And then Michael's like, well, maybe I could do some work for free so it could help. And she's like, well, I'll talk to my grandma about it. Don't worry. And leaves. And then the mechanic is like, do some work for free, huh? Like, yeah, he calls them on it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I do like that. He's like not yelling at him about offering to do it for free, but like, oh, I'm on to you. I know what game this is, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we cut to the Genovian embassy where she tries to like mimic that statue and accidentally breaks the finger and then puts it in the statue's mouth. A callback, which will not come back for like an hour later, but is worth <laughs> it when it does. <laughs> what was interesting is that the Genovia flag is flying upside down because they're in distress. The only movies I have with embassies are like war movies. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> is that what that means? I, yeah. I didn't even know, I didn't even know that that was a thing like 
in yeah, regular yeah. If you life. fly the like if you fly the American flag upside down, it means you're distressed and need help. Okay, interesting. Anyway, this next scene is probably what I would say the thing that hurt that like holds up the least of this movie because they literally just body shame her <laughs> for yeah. like. 10 minutes yeah and it's brutal it's double brooder because it's it's anne hathaway and like it's still anne hathaway yeah she's I mean, gorgeous it's bad for everyone you shouldn't yes. be doing this to anyone <laughs> but it's so dumb because it's that stupid cliche where they have sandra bullock this anne hathaway up. yes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time no one had seen anne hathaway in anything before this really like she did like one thing before it but not really like nothing big so nobody knew that we were sandra bullocking her everyone thought she actually looked like the curly hair girl well she does i guess but you know she, it's like the curly hair girl found contacts and i guess what was it palm oil <laughs> to straighten her hair is that what it was bio silk no oh. he definitely gives her a blowout but like yeah the the unrealistic part of it is that it stays straight for the rest of the movie that like that's the impossible part because anytime she showered or walked through a mist or it got slightly humid the curls come instantly back yeah so like that's unless he gave her like a chemical straightener like a keratin treatment not like more so even than a keratin treatment i mean like like chemically straightening your hair which was an option at the time but it sure if you let's say have caucasian hair it will make your hair fall out because it's like not it can make anyone's hair fall out but specifically it's usually our hair is not coarse enough to like withstand it so like and you can still get your hair chemically straightened. I have many friends who have, you know, in the past, but like it's harsh on your hair. Like, yeah, I'm sure it is It's bad anyway. So her hair magically stays straight through the rest of the movie, but they basically just give her a rundown of everything that's wrong with her. So they do what any Hollywood manager will do to you. The second you're like, I'm talented. And they're like, great, let's do something about that. But first <laughs> here are all the things we should change. Yeah. Uh, and here are all the things you can't change. Cause now it's your brand. <laughs> Like vitamin water. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Although there's not really many options to change that. Yeah, I think the brand part of it. It's not the worst brand to have, Mikey. You know what? You're right. So <laughs> they start trying to teach her how to walk and sit correctly, and she's bad at it. We cut back to her apartment where her mom reveals that she is now dating her debate teacher. It's very much like Miss Congeniality. Yeah. Well, except Miss Congeniality's mom is having to fuck her teacher so that she'll pass <laughs> 10th grade. But yes. Yeah. Taking that D to get that A. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like Forrest Gump's mom. Yes. <laughs> oh, that is factually correct. Yes. I just didn't love it <laughs> yeah. as a joke. But yes, that is true. We cut to her in PE where she's playing goalie and they literally are all kicking the ball at her at the same time. Yes. Which like, I don't know what kind of soccer they're playing, but they let her switch out with Josh, the popular guy. And as he kind of like goes to take her place, he's like, I can tell that you're like, really stressed out and like real stiff so you gotta and he's trying to like give her tips and she just fantasizes that they're making out and i'm just like yeah yeah girl yes <laughs> anyway we cut to school's over she gets in the car uh and she's trying to change in the back of the car because her grandmother wants her to wear stockings which is the worst thing a grandmother could do <laughs> i mean there's plenty of bad <laughs> there are horrible things a grandmother could do to you but stockings say, are yeah. murder but <laughs> she can't get them on because they're going up the hills in san francisco and she keeps yes. falling out of the limo's like seat onto the floor yes and oh god i mean i'm so glad that stockings have kind of gone out of fashion 
Because they're the fucking worst, man. Yeah, man. I always get them stuck in my beard. Honestly, that's the only time to wear stockings where I'm in favor of it is sexy times. Oh, no. I was talking about robbing a store and pulling them over uh, my Oh, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. it was because your face was between someone's legs. This is too much. <laughs> when I think of stockings, I think of Christmas and him putting them on the mantle. Perverts. Much like Christmas, sometimes when you're wearing sock- stockings during sexy times, there's some gifts in them stockings. You know how I know Mikey is vanilla, Paige? <laughs> that he went to Christmas? Yeah. When he thinks stockings, he thinks hung by the mantle with care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you and I were just like fishnet or the ones with the seam up the back. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, so we cut to princess lessons where she's learning how to eat while tied up with Hermes scarves. Yeah, I did sort of love the what would you call this? Like etiquette school? Like, I I don't know what this is. Charm school. Charm school. Yeah. Yeah, Charm school. That makes sense. Debutante class. That's what it would be called if it was in the South, right? It was in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where she learns how to dance, although she's not bad, but she does spin without hurting anyone. And that's pretty fun. That is a success in my book. Yeah. This is the first time we find out that the queen and Joe have a thing. Yes. Scandalous. If that ever came out, that would be raid a scandal. That's like Megan Barry, Todd. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. It would be like that because the mayor was banging like the, her head of security, right? Ooh, allegedly. Kind of like on the bodyguard. Yeah. No, it's not allegedly. <laughs> no, I know. But I don't uh, want to get sued. So like allegedly, whatever. Very heavily documented in other news sources. But yeah, like look into it. But also it is in the second movie. They go public with it. It's like a whole thing. Oh, do they go public with it after she becomes queen because it doesn't matter anymore? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that for them because I, I like yeah, Joe yeah, yeah. a lot. I like that. Yep. Uh, but I do love that his like line to her is just you've been wearing black for too long (laughs) which was like oh okay and charlotte like her assistant charlotte comes in and then just like quietly leaves just like oh so we cut to school where lily is trying to get mia to kind of hang out with her and mia's always got grandma stuff and so lily has to hang out with jeremiah who's the magician yeah. Who is just constantly Pulls pulling corners out of, out of people. <laughs> <laughs> but once Mia gets to her grandmother's house, like this whole section of the movie is played over multiple scenes, but it's kind of like an extended, like an extended montage of all the different things she's doing to be kind of become a princess, I guess. Yeah. But this one is makeover day uh, where they sign confidentiality agreements they you know do the whole thing she's got hair like a wolf and breaks a brush in her hair which i have done really yeah i've done it a couple times yeah well in my in my defense the brushes were plastic sure hers was wood that would be more difficult to break but yeah i would say almost anybody with really curly hair has probably especially at this time has probably broken a brush in their hair at some point okay anyway they break her glasses so she can only wear contacts <laughs> It's such a weird, like, escalated, like, behavior to break someone's glasses. Like, well, she broke his brush. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess that's fair. Revenge. Uh, (laughs) I do love that he's like, the cucumber does nothing. This is just something we make up, which I I found pretty funny. That guy who I've seen in a bunch of stuff, I really enjoy him in things. If memory serves, I think he is also in the sequel. Oh, fantastic. Like he gets her ready for like her wedding day, I think. Oh, <laughs> that would be great. If I remember, um, they go to do the reveal and they have the two pictures of her and they're like purposefully bad photos. <laughs> they're yeah. so funny because she's like squinting at the camera. It's like this whole thing 
It looks real bad. It does. Um, but when they reveal her, it's very, very pretty. And I do think that aside from straightening her hair, that's the big drastic thing that they do. They don't really make her look all that different except taking off her glasses. It's it's one of those things where it's just the best version of her. Yeah. And I do like that. Yeah, like 2018 Mikey. Is the best version of Mikey? <laughs> Physically. You just got a time travel for you. <laughs> Mentally, I'm at my peak. Right. Mm. I haven't even begun to, to get to the top. Physically. <laughs> do you know what peak means? I'm always peaking, Paige. Yeah, he's peaking every day. Yesterday was my peak. Today is my peak. And tomorrow will be my peak. All right. So... <laughs> But physically, <laughs> we're kind of on a downward slide. Okay. <laughs> Typically, that downward slide is what happens after a peak, so. Yeah. And listen, COVID and quarantining was hard on everybody, Mikey. It takes a lot to get back into it. I get it. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> we cut to the next day where she goes to pick up Lily and Michael. And we watch as Michael opens the door to the car and sees her for the first time. Yeah. And we definitely get a shot of, like, his face where he's basically like. Oh, no. A erection in public. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quickly, my book, man. <laughs> and we know that he already liked her before, which oh, yeah. I think was very important for them to establish. I do really like it. Yes. Well, because the other guy, Eric Von Detten or whatever the fuck his name was. Yeah. He like clearly didn't like her until she was a princess. And he knew she yep. was a princess, right? So I do think it's important yep. to establish that this guy always liked her, was like super into her from the get. Always. Yeah. But she still didn't care and actually picked him second. So it doesn't really matter. I mean, those are true statements. Yes, Mikey. <laughs> and that does make me a little sad. I think it's because he says it's not a date. Oh, I could see that too. Yeah, because. Yeah, maybe. You got to shoot your shot. You got to be honest. Yeah. You got to communicate your feelings, baby. But there's also a part of me that's like, oh, the way he looks at her, though in that yeah. car and I'm just like that's the way girls want to be looked at man oof like this not like that Mikey no that's terrifying how about like this no Paige what is happening I really wish we weren't doing visual gags right now because <laughs> this is a podcast and I feel like I shouldn't have to explain that to you just narrate <laughs> our faces I can't narrate what you're doing I know that yes, was you can no <laughs> this is not good content <laughs> Or it's the best concept. It's the best concept. <laughs> Choose your own adventure. Picture our faces in your mind. Draw you what you think our faces are doing right now and tweet, and tweet at them us. at Mikey. <laughs> Yeah. And if you win the contest, I'll retweet your tweet. Okay. All right. Anyway, <laughs> Lily is significantly less kind about her makeover. Oh, yeah. Uh, because Lily is basically just like, they ruined you. You look like a popular girl. And she just goes off on her for like the whole car ride. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, she is not a great friend, to be honest with you. Yeah, I got the idea that she was like a lifelong friend. And that's why she got away with being kind of not great in this movie. Like she had banked up some awesome friend points before this movie starts and you know yeah because she's sort of really mean to her here well and i i think there's also like especially when you're younger as you grow up you learn to kind of really determine what treatment you're going to accept from people yeah. and set your own boundaries and i think that's a lot more difficult to do as a young person especially if you're like I want friends and I can't imagine not having friends. You put up with a lot more from friends than you probably should. Um, and I think sometimes shedding those friendships are part of your growth. 
Yeah, I yeah. definitely think that's part of growing up is sort of not talking to people that don't make you a better that person. That are dicks to you. <laughs> the way that Lily is kind of a dick to her in this yeah, movie. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I do like that Joe kind of pulls her aside and is like, yo, uh, with this Eleanor Roosevelt quote, I'm going to encourage you to set boundaries <laughs> without clearly <laughs> yeah. telling you that that's what I mean. Yeah. Anyway. She has a hat and she kind of goes off on Lily because she's like, can you just stop ragging on me? And finally is like, I'll tell you what's going on, but you can't fucking tell anybody. And so she does tell Lily that, you know, she is a princess, but they're keeping it secret. They go to class and they make her take off her hat. So now everyone sees her new hair. Yeah. And the fact that people aren't just like, oh, it looks pretty. The fact that they're immediately like, you're trying to be like us and we're popular is crazy. <laughs> Like, How dare you straighten your hair? I know, How right? How dare like, it's you? It's bonkers. I mean, I do think maybe the popular kids, the most extreme thing they would do is not even comment on it or care, really, you know? But I do think a lot of people would be like, yeah, it looks great. Congrats on the whatever. Yeah. Congrats on the hair. Yeah. yeah. No glasses, straight hair. Who the fuck is this? <laughs> Get out. Who you the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> You're not allowed to own conditioner. Yeah, like it's just <laughs> madness. But we we cut to princess lessons and she's learning to read and learning to wave. And then we cut to her mom's apartment where they do balloon art together. And I have wanted to do this ever since I saw this in this movie. Someday I will do this. I mean, it looks fun, but very messy. Very messy. I've also seen people do a version of it where they put a bunch of crayons at the top of a canvas and then use a like a embossing gun, like a heat gun yeah, to just melt, melt the crayons. And yeah. that looks really cool too. It does. But mm -hmm. I, I have wanted to do this balloon shit literally since this movie happened <laughs> well it's a 20-year dream we gotta make happen, i know Paige. i had forgotten about it until i was watching it today and i was like i still want to fucking do that shit <laughs> well it's a shame you don't have any very close personal friends who were artists i know and could probably help make that happen Paige. andrea i know you're listening to this <laughs> a week and some change from now Text me and we'll we'll do this. I think we should do it with the hot pink background. I think it would look extra dope. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah. so we cut to her walking to school because she doesn't take the limo every day. She kind of takes it sparingly, but she's walking to school. Yeah, she's with, a woman of the people. Yeah. She's a woman of the people. Uh, she's walking to school with Michael uh, and they're talking. And this is one of the few scenes we get that's kind of the two of them as friends. And I wish we yeah. had more of this. Um, but this is where he kind of asks her out and he's like, we're playing and I got the parts for your car. We could put it together and get some pizza. And she says, like a date. And he just says, like, let's just call it music, cars and pizzas a given. Like he deflects the date question. Yeah. He doesn't confirm. Yes. Like a date, which is, I think, what he wants it to be. But, you know, Absolutely. nervous. He doesn't know what he's doing yet. Like, I understand why he doesn't. But right. I do think that leads her to think he sees her as my little sister's best friend like right that i'm going to be friendly with yeah he'll get yes. it by 30 32 he'll get there yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll, he'll figure there. out once you know he's been around the block a few times mikey had his heart broken a few times mm -hmm. i've been there mikey they get to school and the paparazzi is there and they have to escort her inside because they find out that paolo told on her yeah. because he wanted everyone to see 
how great his makeover was. And he got paid money. And he got paid money. Just a little yeah. bit of money. Paolo spits on money. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is where she basically is like, yeah, I don't know if I want to be royal anymore. And they're like, well, you do have the choice to step down. Just think about it. Yeah. We cut to her kind of playing basketball alone on the roof. There's like a rooftop basketball court at the school. And this is where we get the PA announcement at school. Would the feng shui club stop rearranging the tables on the lawn? And that's all it is. Pretty and funny. it is <laughs> such a throwaway line. That's great, so though. Great. That's great punch up work, honestly. Oh, anyway, she and Lily are talking and they're talking on the bleachers and they're kind of walking and Mia actually slips and falls on the bleachers. Yeah. And that's actually a real take. Like Anne Hathaway just slipped and fell and they kept it. Yeah. Oh no shit. Okay, cool. Yep. So Lily kind of convinces her to stay a princess a little bit, but wants her to come on her cable show, which is also Saturday night, the night that she's supposed to be hanging out with Lily's brother. Yeah. So she's already double booked. She's about to be triple booked. Yeah. Anyway, we cut to Lily kind of runs off. She and Joe are practicing entering the state dinner that she's going to do with her grandmother later that week. We cut to that state dinner. And this is something that will continue into the second movie that I find to be the most baffling part of this franchise. Genovia is said to be between France and Spain. Okay. Just like, I'm guessing, in the mountains. They just add a country right there? They just add a country right there. Uh, But because Genovia is mythical, they just get any Europeans for Genovia. And so in this scene, you kind of see it where you've got the Baron and Baroness von Trochen, who very clearly look either Italian or Spanish. Yeah. Uh, Then you've got the prime minister, who is generic white, who has an American accent. He looks Canadian. He looks Canadian. (laughs) His wife is full-blown Irish with like a full accent, too. And then one of their other dignitaries at the table is a Scotsman. Who's wearing a kilt. Like, uh, he is a Scotsman. Who's wearing a kilt. Yeah. And then uh, there is some sort of, I'm, I'm guessing, ambassador, dignitary, something from an Asian country that they do not identify. Yeah. But, like, everyone really cared about his opinion a lot. Like, I was like, did I miss a line or a subplot? <laughs> no. Because the queen's like, is he okay with this? And I'm like, has he talked before? It's just a <laughs> sprinkling of light racism onto this teen film. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it, but just like if you look around the like room and the same thing goes for like the kingdom of Genovia later in the second movie where it's like some people have like French accents. Some people have German accents or Spanish accents or Italian accents or some people just have American accents and they're like, by the way, I'm the Duke of whatever. (laughs) It's just a complete free for all. And it's kind of funny because a lot of like Uh, we call that in this country a melting pot. (laughs) Hey, I'm Joey. I'm the Duke of Yonkers. Like in Genovia? (laughs) Yeah. Like what? In Genovia. (laughs) Most American movies that deal with royalty of other countries just make them all British. Like regardless of what country it is, we give them British accents because that's our touchstone for royal. This, no, this franchise is just like grab bag, whatever accent you want to have. Yeah. So they serve dinner. She accidentally 
lights her place card on fire and then lights a guy's sleeve on fire. They put the fire oh out. Oh, my God. And it is set up that that guy is drunk before going to dinner. I think right. just so when he catches on fire, it sort of makes sense that he doesn't notice because his sleeve is on fire for conservatively 20 seconds before he puts it out. Oh, yeah. And it is hilarious to me. So the prime minister and his Irish wife kind of play along with Mia at the dinner where like when she does something weird, they do it too. So it doesn't seem weird. I love that because she's eating like sherbet or something like that. Like a it's a palate cleanser. Yeah. And it gives her this like ice cream headache for lack of a better term. Right. So she's like being silly. It's very funny. And like the prime minister and his wife are doing it with her to help like cover. It's They're so, so dumb. nice. It is. I know. Like, so, no, I thought it was great. They're like, we should do it too. That is above and beyond. Yeah. I was like, no one ever does that with me. They're also really nice because they are also in the sequel uh, because he is still the prime minister in the sequel. And this movie, I'll point it out when we get to it, introduces the Genovia National Anthem, which also gets sung in the sequel. (laughs) There's a lot of world building. Genovia. Combining songs from places. So this sounds familiar, but it's not a song. So we'll (laughs) sing it royalty free. Yes. It does very much sound like an amalgamation of all the songs that are played at an Olympic opening ceremony. Yeah, with like a dusting of the Olympics theme (laughs) on it. Yeah. I think Genovia is the country for me because obviously they have no musical talent. Genovia, <laughs> a country that totally exists. <laughs> if I remember correctly, we get an extended version of it in the second one. And it's something about like land of pears and cheese. <laughs> it's like the few things everyone knows about Genovia all end up in the anthem. Anyway, we cut back and forth between the prime minister and his wife who were kind of helping her out. Uh, and the Baron and Baroness who he's like, one day we will own Genovia again and we will be queen and your face will be on a postage stamp. Like it's just, <laughs> they're, just... they're like plotting for the kingdom is so strange. Uh, but I also love, this is the first time you see them. Like literally their first lines are almost a voiceover while you, you're watching the queen walk in, right? Right. This is like their first scene and they're immediately established as the villains of the movie. Yes. And, and I, I want to say they are also in the second one, but I would have to rewatch it to make sure. I wouldn't be surprised if like Chris Pine was a member of their family based upon what you were saying about the plot of the second one. I think they're in line behind him somehow. Uh, okay. Which I don't know how that's possible with this. Anyway, not important. We'll get to it when we get to the second one. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they explain it away. I do think we need a moment for Julie Andrews' dress in this scene and also the one at the end. She is serving her, yeah. I love her dresses. They're gorgeous. I mean, I love Julia Andrews. Like, she's amazing. So a grape falls under the table. Mia bends down to get it. A waiter trips. It's very much the, like, glass falling from King Ralph. Just like. It felt exactly uh, yeah. the same, Paige. Yeah. Yes. And I do like that she gets up and she's like, was that my fault? And they're like, yes. yes. But my favorite <laughs> is that somebody accidentally launches grapes against 
a still life painting of grapes. Of grapes, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, they deflect off of it. Yes. They they land on the Asian man of indeterminate country of origins plate, and then he laughs at them, which makes it okay for everyone else to laugh at them. Yeah. Maybe it was like a play on Bush throwing up on the- uh... Oh, it may very well have been, because this was only a, a little while after that. Yeah, probably five years. Yeah. yeah. That, maybe that's it. But, so, she feels like she's completely failed. We cut to her back at home, and she's playing with the Fabergé- like merry-go-round music box which is beautiful and we cut to the next day where she meets up with her grandmother again and she's like i'm sorry that i fucked it up yeah and her grandmother's like hey everyone fucks up their first time i knocked over a suit of armor and almost killed people like don't even worry about it, it. literally the spear went through the stucked pig or whatever it the was suckling pig yeah that's yeah. what it is yeah i was like that is a hilarious scene i want and like a prequel to this movie <laughs> Honestly, I would watch a prequel of this movie about the queen. Yeah. 100%. I just want a drama series about a fictional country and just like fuck shit up. You've seen Succession, right? No, I want like Genovia, but like also yeah. what's Genovia doing about Ukraine? <laughs> yeah. What side are they on? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it matters. I think they've got like two cars. Like what was the the fake country in A Princess for Christmas? Oh, I forgot. Uh, win- Winterbottom? No. Yeah. <laughs> Winterberry? <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Castleberry. <laughs> that's, the that's, nation was, of Castleberry. Castleberry. It was also Castleberry Air. <laughs> they have their own airline. <laughs> so they decide that they're going to go on a trip to kind of see stuff around the city together in her new Mustang. Yeah. Where they go to like an old arcade and they play like old arcade games and they eat corn dogs and look at the pier and then she tries to get her way up some of those hills in San Francisco. And I can tell you, as someone who tried to drive an automatic up those hills, I would never drive a stick up those hills. Yeah. It is brutal. Well, and she stalls the engine and it starts to roll backwards. And the emergency brake, when she pulls on it, literally comes out of the car. Just comes so out of the car. backs into uh, one of those San Francisco trolleys. Yeah. And 12 people died. <laughs> so uh, we do throughout this day get some conversations about her dad and how like leaving her was the hardest thing he had to do this yeah. whole thing but she does hit this streetcar and now they're gonna pull her they're gonna take her downtown and put her in prison because she's driving a without a license and b she has no diplomatic immunity only the queen does right she pulls this thing where she's like i bestow the genovian order of the rose on you please kneel and basically talks them out of putting me in prison but they think it's their idea. Like, she's very, very good at manipulating these two guys. And I do love that she does bestow upon them the Genovian Order of the Rose, which she just made <laughs> up on the spot. You see her create it in her mind because she gets inspiration from the street signs, right? But, like, right. I love that they are shown later at the ball or whatever. Like, she still, like, went through with it. They have roses Yeah, and got on. the ribbons. Yeah. They have fake ribbons. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. They're ribbons, not roses. But yeah, like she invited them to the ball. Like she is doing this to get out of trouble, but like also follows through on it in a very like sweet, good natured way. I love that for some reason. I was getting my driver's license not long after this. Yeah. So like a, a year or two after. Uh, in California, you can get your learner's permit at 15 so you can drive with licensed drivers, right? Yeah. So like yeah. that's why they're like, well, her license expired. That's why you're in trouble. But they literally just write you a ticket. <laughs> like you're not allowed to drive the car home, which she can't anyway. It's being towed. Right. But like 
you wouldn't go to jail over it. Technically, it would because of, be because of destruction of property. But as long as she had insurance, it would not be like a jailable offense at all. Right. And insurance is required and was required at the time for her to drive. So it's kind of like a, you know, winky blinky movie magic way to create conflict that's not actually there. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, so she arrives at school the next day having been saved from jail by her grandma, who is very, very cool to her now. Yes. And as she pulls up, there's little girls who want her autograph. Autograph. It's so sweet. Well, and she deliberately picks a, a girl in a wheelchair and the girl that is along with her. Yeah. Kind of to try and show that, like, Mia cares for people that would typically be invisible, I think is why they try to do that. But also, those two girls are Gary Marshall's grandchildren. It's Lily and Charlotte. They are also in the sequel, and there are buildings named after them at the school. Really? That you can kind of see in the background. Yeah, the Lily okay. and Charlotte Hall for whatever. Yeah, they show up a lot of places. And also, the girl, the woman who plays Charlotte, the secretary, is Gary Marshall's daughter. Ah, okay. So, gotcha. like, a lot of family members in this movie. Anyway, so, she... Oh, she walks to her locker and this is the first time we get a really good shot of her locker and everyone else has decorated the outside of theirs and she just has one printed out photograph of her cat on the outside <laughs> of her locker. No stickers, no bands, no nothing, just cat. I never dressed up my locker either. I thought that was dumb. I mean, maybe not dumb. I just didn't care. I decorated the inside of my locker in like junior high and maybe my freshman year. But by the time I had a car, because I, I was permitted as a sophomore driving as a junior, yeah. my car became my locker and I just didn't even really use my locker. I never really used my locker either because I was like, I don't want to walk to that place and get books every period. Like, this right? is stupid. I'm not going to bring my books to class anymore. And d you didn't really have enough time, right? Yeah. No, I was like, I'm going to go buy a Diet Coke from the soda machine because yes. I'm cool. Mikey is correct. <laughs> this was exactly my philosophy. And then my senior year... I had drama and then two periods of art. Well, you heard it here, folks. Paige does not consider drama and art. Anyway, <laughs> so I only had like four real classes that year. And one of them was speech and the other was like civics. So like I only had like one book senior year anyway. So I just carried it the whole time. But anyway, so... Lana, the popular girl, Mandy Moore, is giving an interview to the paparazzi and she's like, oh, no, actually, we're best friends. We like finish each other's sentences. It's so cool. Yeah. She's like laying it on real thick and like clearly they're we finish not friends. each other's sandwiches. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite versions of that joke is there was an SNL sketch with John Mulaney and it's just the introductions to all the real housewives people. And he's like, we're twins and we're so close that we finish each other off. <laughs> like, our niece played Topanga on Boy Meets World. Jealous. Yeah, it's great. It's it's way funnier than it should be for a, a really, really ridiculous premise. Yeah. Anyway, she goes into school and Josh is like, hey, that was pretty uncool what Mandy Moore did back there. Do you want to go to the beach with me about it? And she's just like, what? Okay. Oh, my God. It's like everything she ever thought she wanted, Paige. You know what? Sometimes the thing you most wish for is not to be touched. Well, it's not really for you. And I think she, that's what she finds out. She's like, oh, this guy's vapid and terrible. Mm -hmm. But she just didn't know that because she didn't really know him before. She just thought he was sexy. She didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she immediately goes to Michael and is like, hey, um, I hey, he asked me to this thing. So like, we'll do it next week. 
and he's like, uh, 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 okay. And <laughs> it's like the Simpsons episode where you watch his heart break in real time. Like, yeah. I choo choo choose you. Yeah. Well, this is his fault. This is because he did not communicate that it was. Uh, a date. You got to speak. And then, like a lot of guys want to do the whole like, well, she'll she'll know she hurt my feelings and then like come back. Oh, that never happens. Ever. That does not work. People cannot read your mind and they cannot read your heart. You have to say how you feel. Yeah, I'd be like. Bitch, listen, princess. I'm into <laughs> Bitch, your ass. Listen, princess. I'm into your ass. I invited you to my band because I want to get down. If you, <laughs> oddly enough, his band's name is also Bitch Listen Princess. So, <laughs> Bitch Listen Princess. Yeah, I like their first album, but not their like first album. Yeah, <laughs> after Pinkerton, it just goes downhill. <laughs> oh, you want to die today? Sorry. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I'm just referencing that SNL sketch because it's so fucking funny. It's very funny. It's one of my favorite SNL sketches of all time. It is perfectly f- for our generation. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Yeah, <laughs> like my parents have watched that sketch and been like, "I don't really understand." Whereas I was like, "They're right, though." That's because you don't know <laughs> shit about Buddy Holly, Mom. <laughs> You need to read up on your Weezer. Anyway, (laughs) so he's like, oh, yeah, okay, we'll do it next week. Uh, She forgets to talk to Lily and cancel with Lily. So she goes to the beach. Yeah. Or I guess she goes home to pick out her swimsuit to go to the beach, which, by the way, San Francisco beaches, perennially freezing. Yeah, they're cold, like year round, right? So cold year round. Anyway, she's picking out her swimsuit and her mom is like, isn't this the guy that was kind of an asshole to you the whole time? And I was like, good job, mom. Yeah, but she completely misses it because she responds with, well, he's not anymore. Like, yeah, that's the point, Anne Hathaway. Yeah, because you're royal now? Like, but this is where we get the conversation about the foot pop. Yeah. And how many licks does it take you to get to the center of a foot pop? (laughs) Only Quentin Tarantino knows. If I'm licking and her foots aren't popping, I'm not doing it right. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, her mom's like, well, I hope you get a foot pop and kiss. And she goes to the beach party. Yes. Where she goes on a boat with Josh, but we also get a musical number by Mandy Moore that is completely unnecessary and very awkward and reminds me of all of the clothing styles that Gen Z cannot bring back. We can't let them do it. I mean, I'd be fine if they wanted to look terrible like we looked terrible. Like, that doesn't bother me at all. Nah, bring back Jinkos. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Jinkos are already kind of back. Yeah. People are like, Michael, are those skinny jeans today? And I was like, no, these are just jeans and I'm not skinny. So they are skinny jeans. (laughs) I got big legs, bro. I got big legs. Anyway, so cut to Lily's TV show where Mia has not shown up. And one of the only people watching the show is the queen, which I find really funny. I love that, too, because it is very much like Lily is vamping until Mia shows up to talk about whatever petition they're trying to get people to sign or whatever. Save the sea otters. Save the sea otters, right. And while they're waiting, we're going to watch this dude do close-up hand magic. Like, <laughs> Yes. So the queen is just yes. watching this guy do close-up magic right. for an hour or however long the show is. I don't know. but It's an hour. He does it for an hour. It's so yeah, crazy. She like, talks about it. An hour is too long for close-up magic. An hour is too long. Cut to the freezing cold fucking beach Yeah, uh, where a helicopter shows up. So she and Josh run to like a little maintenance shed and he tries to kiss her, but her foot gets caught in a net. And so she's like, "Ah, no, this isn't right. I can't. I mean, they do kiss, but 
they can't foot pop, so she's not into it. She's like, this is not romantic. And I was like, that's actually kind of romantic. I think you're wrong. <laughs> any shack can be romantic in the right context. Just ask the B-52s, page. It's okay. a love shack, page. <laughs> that was the recessional for my wedding. We walked back down the aisle to love shack. Yeah, However, I would like to remind you of the time when you badly shamed Todd for having sex in some sort of alley oh, shack. Wait, oh, hold on. A couple hold episodes on. No, 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 ago. No, 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 no. I have no memory of this, and I don't want to talk about it again. <laughs> That's way different. This was this is an average shack. This is not a place that has been boarded up due to heroin needles and homeless people having sex in it. I'm here to tell you, it's a beach near San Francisco. There's definitely needles there. <laughs> this seemed like a functional like maintenance shack to whatever place they were at. Sure. Like a lifeguard storage shack. Right, where the lifeguards store their heroin needles. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> if you see a helicopter at a very cold beach, you gotta get yourself to the love shack. To the maintenance shack! <laughs> <laughs> so he says that everyone's gone away so they go out of the shack but no the paparazzi's right there and then he like forces her to kiss him in front of the paparazzi and she runs off it's really fucked up I, it is fucked up i really love the paparazzi in this scene though because they're like at the very first when they, they first pop out and they're taking pictures they go kiss her kiss her and he kisses her and then she hits him with his, her sandal and you hear yeah. other right. A paparazzi people go hit, hit him, him again hit him hit, hit him, him again so there's like kisser camp and a hit him camp and i was here for that i thought it was very funny and here's the thing it's fucked up that he does that yeah. the next thing that happens is way more fucked up oh yeah oh it's terrible yeah which like as a teen i remember thinking this was bad and as an adult i'm like they should go to assault. jail yeah <laughs> this is fucked up and those paparazzi should go to jail for photographing someone underage without clothes on yeah, like she's 15 all this of this point. is bad yeah yes because they basically put her in one of the changing tents and then pull the tent away so the paparazzi can get pictures of her which all of it is bad terrible and to be honest the royal family should at minimum be suing yeah over that but her coach kind of escorts her away and then we cut to her crying at home which because yeah. like that'd be devastating that's terrible and she just says my foot didn't even pop which is like <laughs> least of your worries but still like i get it man people have weird different kinks so like that's hers she can have it that's hers. Yeah. Uh, we cut to she's talking to her grandma the next day who shames her because it is the early 2000s. Yes. Uh, even though none of it was her fault. And so after Mia leaves, Joe comes in to be like, yo, it wasn't her fault, bitch. And she's just <laughs> like, I've made a horrible error. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't quite say it like that. He's a little bit softer. Joe's a really nice guy. Yeah. He's like, it's not her fault. <laughs> but the queen's like into it that's like how they talk to each other when they're like you know what i'm saying Ooh. well yeah she just needs somebody you know like well she just has to be so dominant in her queenly duties throughout the day like she just really wants someone she can let go with and just like take yeah. orders from you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so we cut to school the next day where everyone is making fun of her and Lily won't talk to her because she didn't go to the show, but she's trying to like apologize to yeah. her or whatever and tells Lily like, well, now I don't get to be a princess because of this. And Lily's like, but no, you have power. Like you can actually make a difference and change things. Yeah. Like, 
please. And so Mia invites her to the ball. So she's at least going to go to the ball, even though she might not be princess after that. Well, I mean, at this point, she's saying she's not going to be. She's like, I don't want to be princess, you know? Yeah. We cut to PE class and Josh is there being a total asshole. And so she fouls a ball into the cheerleaders. Great aim. Yeah. And then really gets a hold of the next one and just gets Josh square in the nuts and gets a home run. Yeah, because he can't grab the ball to throw it to home base. Although he eventually does, but she slides in and is safe. And being safe at home base gives her an A and PE for some reason. Yeah, you did. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Yeah. She hit him in the D to get that A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a similar approach to what her mother is doing to get her English grade up, but less sexual. Yeah, yeah. it's genetic. So <laughs> we cut back to her house later where Michael drops her car off and she's giving him the last payment. And she has been trying to apologize. Yeah. He's like, don't worry about it. I tried to kill you by sabotaging your parking brake last time. And it didn't work (laughs) I didn't think about that But yeah I think he was like really mad That she went to the beach with him or whatever Like (laughs) yeah that's what it was Wow okay now I know why he hasn't been in other movies There you go But she does invite him to the ball And he's like well Josh looks better in a tux And she says she actually says her feelings In this moment where she says "Yeah, But I really want you to be the one I share it with You can wear whatever Yeah you can wear sweatpants I don't care This, This is the opposite of when he's like Maybe it's a date maybe it's not a date She's like this is a date and I want you to be there Yeah. So he's like no because you fucked me over last time Which is childish but he is hurt Yeah but you're never going to get what you want If you continue like doing that kind of thing Right Right. Because he wants to be with her too Yeah and I don't know what he thought he would gain from that But he's also a teenager Yeah I mean I did tons of stupid shit when I was a teenager Yeah Uh, so we cut to school the next day And the cheerleaders are making fun of them again And so she takes her ice cream cone And just ruins Mandy Moore's cheerleading outfit Yeah she gets coned Yeah Lana got coned I had some internal weirdness with Anne Hathaway Like having hands full of ice cream And rubbing it on Mandy Moore's boobs I had yeah. some weird feelings about it Stirrings Yeah, yeah. Um, My favorite is when They turn to Sandra Oh And she's like Did you see that? And she goes Oh no No I didn't Just send it out for dry cleaning <laughs> Is what she says And then sits back down Bye Yeah, She's actually talking to the teacher That's boning the princess's mom Yes Yeah Well and I, I also think that They knew that Lana was a bully And yeah. they probably should have done things before now But whatever Yeah Meanwhile while we cut to her house later the day of the ball and her grandmother gives her a journal from her father that she opens with the locket that's how it opens yeah and she tells her grandma that she's gonna go with her mom meanwhile she tells her mom she's gonna go with joe yeah because her grandma says that she has to make a speech yeah and she's like the hell with that (laughs) well when she gets back upstairs she starts packing like she is like on the lamb, yeah. Yeah, and drops a letter out of the journal. Yes. That yeah. Fat Louie immediately sits on because that's what cats do. Yeah. My uh-huh. cat has sat on many an important document. <laughs> anyway, she finds the letter and it's from her dad and it's basically like, hey, I know this is going to be hard and you're going to be scared, but I believe you can do this. I've said that before. <laughs> <laughs> we cut, we cut to the ball where uh, we meet at the time, San Francisco Mayor Willie Brown. I wondered if that was really him. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that is really him. But like they have everyone there, like the mayor's coming in, like there's other like dignitaries coming in. And, you know, there's also the Genovian pair juggler. So all the greats have turned out for this event. (laughs) All of them. And I love that as soon as like Willie Brown's like, it never comes down to Willie Brown. And then he goes inside and they immediately put umbrellas up because they're just like that asshole crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, because he don't know what he's talking about. It almost immediately starts to raid. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So she has run to the mustache. Mustang. She can't get the top up. She's trying to now make it to the ball. She's not going to run. Right. We cut back to the party where there's two people looking at the statue that cracked a finger off. Yeah. That she like put the finger in his mouth and she's like, well, they're famous for art and cheese. Maybe it's string cheese. <laughs> that was the longest like time I think I've ever waited for a callback that I then also laughed at. Like it made me laugh. Oh, it may. I knew it was coming and it still made me laugh. Yeah. But her car stalls. So she She's stuck in the rain, just getting drenched and her car won't move because apparently Michael's not a great mechanic. No, I mean, he's a kid. He's like 14. Yeah, he's he's doing (laughs) fine. He's doing fine. He's older than them. Oh, even if he's 17, I wouldn't want him to fix my emergency brake. (laughs) Yeah. I want a certified mechanic. Yeah. I do love it. Like Joe and Mia's mom talk and they're like, oh, I thought she was coming with you. And and the mom's like, oh, I thought you were going to pick her up. And then Joe goes, she's going to (laughs) run. She's going to run. We cut to Michael's house where I'm guessing before Mia left the house, she must have called this order in, but she orders him a a pizza with M&Ms that say sorry across it. Yeah. And he checks his watch like, I could still make it to the ball. Yeah. I must have a tux somewhere in this house. Uh, So we cut back to the ball where the press corps is there. And one of them is from Teen Scene magazine wearing all of the worst fashions of the day. Yeah. And the queen is there and having to like deflect answers as to where Mia is and is basically like, if Mia's not here in 10 minutes, I will have to abdicate the throne for her. Yeah. And it's going to be a bummer. And those two weirdos are going to take control of Genovia and it's going to be bad. Yeah. So Joseph finds her car by pulling up to the house, talking to the neighbor and the neighbor's like this way, then that way. He determines the route she's taking. Yeah. Finds her stalled car, gets her in the car, gets her to the ball soaking wet and... There's no time to change. They're squeezing her hair out into glasses. <laughs> yeah. There's, I mean, literally no time to change because Julie Andrews has started the, yeah. my granddaughter's going to abdicate speech, right? Because it's been that 10 minute time period. Right. So she has to like come up on stage soaking wet. Yes. To which the teen scene girl just goes, she's sporting a wet grunge look yeah. hairdo, hoodies, jeans, and a t-shirt. And then just like pulls back like that was the most important news of the day. And I love it. <laughs> I love how Lily's like, why do we dress up? We look like idiots. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they're trying to save money on the gown? Um, but yeah. so she gives a, a wonderful speech about like, if I run away from everything I am afraid of, I won't get anything done. And I have a duty to try and stand up to my fears, both for me and for the country of Genovia. It's very moving and very sad. Yeah. And she credits her dad for giving her that courage or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she gets her first tiara. And finally, like, she's the princess. But now she's got to get ready because, like, it's still a ball. And so they've called Paolo to the rescue, even though he doesn't respect NDA agreements. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah they, in truth they would never use him again no absolutely not except that they definitely use him in the sequel i'm glad though because i love that guy he's great so the prime minister sings genovia's anthem that kind of sounds like other songs <laughs> by then they have 
dried her off and dressed her and baron and baroness von trocken are leaving and trying to steal vases as they go and then you just see charlotte put the vase back like she (laughs) caught them with it at the door but the ball begins and the queen is dancing with the prime minister and mia searches the crowd and michael made it yeah short king here to claim his princess (laughs) how tall is he because you said short king a bunch so here's the only reason and i think it's because she's wearing heels and she's not a short woman no he is considerably and noticeably shorter than her in heels which is great i've dated short guys it's all good but i'm gonna look up an actual height yeah so he is six feet tall and hathaway is five eight so in heels (laughs) she would be taller that's the wrong guy that's not the right guy oh really that's that's a formula two racer oh shit okay he's five eight and a half okay, okay. so literally that's my height like <laughs> yeah it's Todd. that's todd right there short king i'll short take it king. baby i'll take it but anne hathaway is also five eight so the second you put her in heels yeah she is noticeably taller i dated a girl who was five eight and she was taller than me in heels and she loved wearing heels and wore them all the time it didn't bother me at all i don't care she loves wearing heels. I love taking them off. You know Same, what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Or sometimes we leave them on. It depends. You know, it's whatever. Yeah. And, and again, I have no problem with it. I am here for that yeah. as a couple in this movie. Here for it. They go out to the garden and he says, why me? And she says, because you saw me when I was invisible. And also that other guy was a jerk that I went out with first. That other dude was an asshole. Uh, so you're still here, right? Um, <laughs> I, I, think, I think if he had said it was a date, she wouldn't have gone to the beach with the other guy. I think you're probably right. I don't think that. She had a crush on the blonde guy, not Michael. She had to learn some lessons first. She's going to come back. But you know what? Michael's a good guy. He's going to take her back after she learns those lessons. She did, but in the book, it's much more Michael than the other guy. Paige, what I think you need to realize is he is saying Michael, but he's not talking about the character in the movie. He's talking about himself. <laughs> yeah, That was a little, sure. a little Mikey self pep talk right there. Mm-hmm. If you love something, you got to let it go to the love shack. And then if it comes back, <laughs> it loves you. You know what I'm then saying? Then you yeah. need to stop shitting on Todd's shack sex. Yes. Look, Todd's shack was not a love shack. It was that day, baby. Love is love, baby. Yeah. Love is love. You can't determine which shack is a love shack and which shack is a shack shack. I can't. If there is a body removed from that shack in the last <laughs> six months, it is no longer a love shack. This happened like 10, 12 years ago. Also, what if the sex is so good my soul leaves my body? Then what then? <laughs> well, it comes back, then it's not a death. But if the, if the medical examiner had to come to the shack, it is no longer a love shack, which is true of that place, which is why they boarded up the windows. Wait, what if the EMTs come and I am legally dead, but then they shock me back and I'm just like, let's go for round two. Is that then what? That's technically still a love shack. I'll give that to you. <laughs> Technicality. Anyway, they kiss her foot pops. Yeah, it does. It turns all the lights and the fountains on. And then they have a dance party yeah. where Joe and the queen get to dance. They do. And then it's nice. I really like when you see them sort of walk away, sneak away. Joe and the queen, he like mm-hmm. kisses her hand. It's just like a very sweet moment between them. And you're like, oh, they are yeah. actually together. That's so sweet. Well, my favorite line in the movie is when Joe's like, I was going to take you out to the garden. But it looks like it's occupado. Yeah. Occupado. <laughs> we cut to Mia on the plane with Fat Louie, who has his own like tiara and chair. Yeah. And 
I love it. Uh, and we find out that they're flying her Mustang over. She's kind of going to live there and America. At the expense of the taxpayer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Genovia has that sweet, sweet pair money. Yeah, okay? dude. Uh, but she's going to fly to Genovia to have her coronation and rule. And, and that's, that's the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think of Princess Diaries? Honestly, it kind of holds up. I think it does too, Paige. If I have a daughter, I would watch it again with her when she's 12. Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. There you go. I do think, especially for 2001 when this came out, it's got a pretty positive message, which is surprising. Yeah. I would say of the teen movies from that year that we have covered, yeah. this is the least fat phobic and body shaming. <laughs> But there's also not a single person above a size eight in it. Yeah. So like, I was about to say, but there also is some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would say overall, the message of this movie is generally good. Yeah. It holds up. Yeah, I think so too. So Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I have quite a few fun facts well, for Well, hit us with your fun facts, princess fun, fun facts. facts. All right. So this is Anne Hathaway's first film, as I, I mentioned. Yeah. Uh, she was on a TV series called Get Real, but that was her only acting credit before this. Wow. Because this like made her career. So she was like yes. brand new to the world and was famous after this movie. She fell off her chair during the audition and they cast her on the spot. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. Good for her, though. Well, I can't catch any luck. Yeah, I've heard some uh, rumors and Gary Marshall has said in some interviews and stuff that his granddaughters thought she had the most princessy hair and so like when he was watching her tapes back and stuff which i thought was really interesting as i mentioned the band rooney is in the movie to be the band essentially sure. um and he actually doesn't appear in the sequel because he was touring with the band he turned the role down and so that's how they write him out of the movie <laughs> essentially as well fair enough um so the soundtrack included a lot of late 90s, early 2000s hits, including uh, Wake Up by Hanson, a cover of Itty Bitty Pretty One uh, by Aaron Carter, a oh. couple songs by Pink, as well as the big one that used to play like in the trailer and everything, which is What Makes You Different Makes You Beautiful by the Backstreet Boys. And all of Mandy Moore's songs are also <laughs> every one of Mandy Moore's songs are on the soundtrack. From the movie. Yeah, Whatever yeah. she sings in the movie. Yeah. 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 Uh, so there's a bunch of people from Pretty Woman that are also in this. So obviously Joe. Yeah. Uh, but also the waiters at the dinner party were all in both Pretty Woman and this. Um, anywhere that they could kind of marry the two movies. Yeah. They kind of do. Anne Hathaway also got to kind of, I guess, not like improv, but add gags. So she's responsible supposedly for the broken hairbrush. Really? Uh -huh. Like as a gag, but also for wearing the poor strip when Michael comes to bring the check. And then ripping it off and being like, oh. And then ripping it off. Yeah, that is pretty funny. Uh, this movie was shot on the same soundstage where Mary Poppins was shot. Aww. And that what? soundstage happens to be named after Julie Andrews. Oh, no shit. I love that. Yeah. Hector Elizondo has been in literally all of Gary Marshall's films. I think we kind of know that. I think we talked about that in Pretty Woman as well. Yeah. And it was his suggestion for him and the queen to have a relationship in the movie. I mean, I get it. It's Julia Andrews. I'd make the same yeah, suggestion. But, mm -hmm. It works great. Yeah. Um, so... The photo of her father that she like packs and everything 
Uh, it appears to be a photo of Anne Hathaway's real life dad, although this has never been confirmed. Oh, really? But it looks like it's just a picture of her dad. That yeah. would be cool. Yeah. Yep. Whitney Houston was an executive producer on both this and the sequel. I saw that in the credits. Well, not the sequel one, but that she was a producer on this one. I was like, really? Interesting. Yep. Uh, Julie Andrews loves pears, and that's why Genovia's main export is pears. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> and and that's how they kind of just like added them to the set and a whole bunch of stuff, <laughs> which I think is really funny. So uh, when Mia sets the guy's arm on fire, they were it was supposed to go out when it went in the ice bucket, but it didn't. So Anne Hathaway panicked and threw a glass of water on it, which was not scripted. Oh yeah. So like Ooh. yeah. Uh, Fat Louie was Anne Hathaway's cat in real life. <gasps> oh, I love that. But four different cats played the role. So oh, one okay. that allowed people to carry it, one who would sit still, one who would jump, and the last one who sits on the envelope at the end of the movie. So one of the four was hers. That cat labor union, man, they'll get you every time. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's expensive to insure nine lives. <laughs> okay in order to get the curly hair in the movie she actually had to wear a hair piece to give it a bushier appearance and it became known as the beast by cast and crew and her pre-makeover eyebrows took over an hour to apply because each tiny hair was glued on what? for them to then pluck it back out wow okay yeah. That's like dedication. Like, that's crazy. I mean, from like the makeup artist standpoint. Yeah. So Julie Andrews, all of the jewelry she wears in the movie is on loan from Harry Winston. Oh, okay. And it's worth about $500,000. Uh, but Anne Hathaway's tiara was made specifically for her and is just cubic zirconia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's her first tiara. That's fine. Like, Yeah. Mia's dress from the dinner party is a copy of the dress that Crown Princessa Victoria of Sweden wore to the Nobel Prize Gala in 1997. Okay. Yep. And Anne Hathaway was actually asked to gain weight for this movie. Interesting. Okay. Which surprising, but yes. Um, and those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk some box office. So what do you think the production budget for The Princess Diaries was in 2001? $28 million. Okay. Paige, what do you think? I'm going to go higher because this is Gary Marshall and Disney. And yeah. it's based it was based on a bestseller. So I'm gonna say forty million. All right. It's thirty million dollars in two thousand one. Now, if you adjust for inflation, that's like fifty point one million dollars today. Um, but this movie came out on August third, two thousand one. It was number three in the theaters that week. It was beat by Rush Hour Two, which was number one. Oh, Rush Hour Two. I know, right? Planet of the Apes was number two. Of course, Princess Diaries was number three. Jurassic Park three was number four. And number five was America's Sweethearts. What do you think Princess Diaries made in its opening weekend? And remember, it came in third. I'm going to say 10 million. Okay. Mikey, what do you think? I'm going to say 14. Okay. It made $22.8 million nice. in its opening nice. weekend, which is, I think, great. But it was in the theaters for a total of 24 weeks. It literally ran from August of 2001 to January 11th of 2002. So what do you think it made in its domestic box office run? I'm going to say 70. Okay. Mikey, what do you think? 90. Mikey, you're closer. It was $108.2 million. Okay. It also made $57 million internationally for a total of 165 point three million dollars so if you adjust that for inflation that would be around 276 
$1.6 million today. So it was a hit. Like it made a lot of money. But that is your box office. So, Mikey, do you want to hit him with that romance scale? Mm, yeah, the scale of 1 to 10 how romantic we found this film today. Paige, what do you think? Um, uh, I'm going to give this like a 2. Uh, yeah. Todd? Oh, it's definitely a 1. Like, I cry a lot towards the end of this movie, but it's not the romance that's making me yeah. cry. It's like the family stuff. and I did not cry. Uh, but I will also give it a one. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of like Angus that way. There is a little bit of romance, but it's more coming of age. Yeah. So this week, Paige, you made us watch Princess Diaries. And I believe it's my turn next, right? No. It's Mikey's turn. It's my turn. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. So Mikey, what are you making us watch next week? Well, when I heard that there was a brand new time loop love story movie coming oh, God out. damn it. Oh, my God. What are we doing, Mikey? It's called Meat Cute. Is it M-E-A-T? No, M-E-E-T. All right. I mean, with your cannibalistic nature, I figured it would be M-E-A-T cute. It's about a couple in a time-traveling tanning bed. Oh, my God. Pete Davidson is starring in this movie. <laughs> I thought you were going to pick Practical Magic because it's October. I can't just put off a time-loop <laughs> romantic comedy that's brand new out off. So your homework is to... I guess get wine drunk and wonder why Pete Davidson is still a working actor while you watch Meet Cute. Yeah, get drunk and remember that tanning, not great for your skin. But it's great for the time travel, Paige. <laughs> I heard it's good. We'll find out next week. <laughs> so, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Uh, well, while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review right on the podcast, and that is to leave us a five-star text review, and we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? I'm going to watch, I'm, I mean, I'm going to read <laughs> Historical Insomniac's review. All right, well, what is Historical Insomniac? What do they have to say? Happily Ever After. Okay. This threesome has made so much coffee go up and down the wrong pipe. What? Okay. There should be a medical warning in the beginning of each episode after the ads. Wouldn't that be quite the coup if we got the Surgeon General to, like, say you shouldn't drink coffee while listening to our podcast? <laughs> be nice. That'd be kind of awesome, actually. Best promotion ever. <laughs> I subscribe to the Horror Virgin. Oh, thank you. And it's just as great. Thanks for helping us all through that COVID fog. Five stars. Well, thank you so much, Historical Insomniac, for that amazing five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around, and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn. It's, it. it's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, pages at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion.
feel weird because they're in high school of like making a pickup line. I feel like that's fair. Yeah. Maybe just forego it this week and just be like, she's your daughter, not your date. Yeah, Joe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Single diary entry nerds. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha